Gentlemen, welcome this evening. We've already had a nice pre-conversation on this podcast. Brandon Rose and Ted Cluck, thank you for being here today. How are y'all doing? Great, great. Yeah, thank you, Chris, for having me. Now, um, I'm going to warn everybody, put your seatbelts on for this one, because these two guys are football experts, and and we were talking for about five minutes before (laughs) we got started, and it was already great stuff, so... uh, uh, it's it's interesting times, guys. We a pandemic wasn't enough, and uh, now we have kind of chaos in the streets. And I, my first question for both of you to think about is, what sports going to be more important for the United States going forward? Uh, does baseball need to start, or do we need to ensure football gets going? Brandon, I'll let you take that one first. I think baseball needs to start, but I think the real revolution will be if there's no college or pro football this this fall and winter. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I miss baseball the most in terms of just the rhythm of my summer and going to the park yes. and catching a few yes. innings on TV here and there. But as a person, you know, almost every significant thing I've ever learned about myself or others has come on a football field, especially yeah. as it pertains to diversity and enjoying other people and other cultures yes. and i want that experience i want my son to be able to have it i want i want yes. the people in my life to be able to have it so i i really think we got to get it back yes I, th- I think it would also it would take away from us just being obsessed with the coronavirus number one and now obsessed with these riots and looting and mm-hmm. uh you know i i, I really don't i don't it's a bad, it was a bad cop. I don't think the guy gets up every day thinking, Hey, I'm going to rouse some black guy or I'm going to, you know, beat up a black guy. Just think just like in every other occupation, there's bad guys. Yeah. There's yeah. bad coaches. Ted, Ted, you and I have both played sports our whole life. Mm-hmm. We've had the majority of them. I'd say I've been very fortunate. All the guys I ever played for because mm-hmm. my dad died when I was young, they were father figures to me, role mm-hmm. models or things even to, even today that I'll think of that a coach might've said to me 50 years ago. Yeah. But I also had, there yep. were bad guys among them. There were guys that Absolutely. I, <laughs> I've put out of my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Me too, man. And that's just the, that's the human experience. You know, it's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. It surely is. It surely is. You know, it, it doesn't look like to me that baseball wants to get started though. That's really why I asked the question. And it looks like, <laughs> depending on what part of the country college football looks like it wants to start and it looks like the NFL are all in. So um, that was just my, my perspective on it. And I'm excited for football to start, but that means, you know, everything starts to get going here in July. Right. Baseball. I think uh, you've got the Jerry, the famous Jerry Maguire line. Show me the money. (laughs) Players don't want it. The, the the owners are hemorrhaging money from what I've heard. It makes sense. And mm-hmm. and with no fans in the stands, they're going to even take a bigger hit, even if it gets started. Yeah. And with a – we you guys have probably listened and read all the same stuff. I mean, they've talked about everywhere from a 50-game to 112-game season mm-hmm. with no fans. I think it's only fair the players are not looking at the big picture. For one season, i got to take a hit. Yep. But we're going to get back to normal, hopefully, by next year. And, and then I'll, 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 instead of making $7 million, I know it's tough to live on that kind of money, I'll be <laughs> making $22 million again. Yeah, that that's right. It's right. nuts. 
and think it of is. what it would do for the country to start. And yeah. I, I, I don't know if you guys watched the Tiger Woods, Phil Nicholson thing, but I think my wife Absolutely. actually watched it because it was live sports and right. Gosh, it was something exciting to, to, to go and, and, and yes. see. And uh, it, it, I find the, the baseball players association and this whole negotiation frustrating. Yes. So, so I'll, so I'll sit, switch the subject. So Brandon, okay. you only got two drafts going on at the same time. Deals floating <laughs> around left and right. So my, my first question for you, retro football experts, and the, the interesting part about having both of you is you each got different perspectives on, on managing your football teams. Yes. <laughs> but, but I need – but I, the first part of the question is, how important is the quarterback in retro football – compared to real football and then I want to ask the same question about how important is the coach in retro football versus real football can you guys get into that a little bit sure Ted, yeah go ahead yeah that's great and uh I gotta give a shout out to my pops I've got uh I've got the original Ted Cluck here in the room there oh cool is. nice uh, nice we we just had dinner together and I was I was talking with pops about our draft and um and Pop said he, he's very, very wise man. He said, "You know, you got to move on from Bobby A. Bear." <laughs> and I've got this, I got this Bobby A. Bear stuff in my heart because he was a Michigan Panther and played in the sure, Silver. sure. I've got sentimental attachment there. But I, I, I think what Tristan and I learned. Tristan's my son. He does the, he manages the the team with me in Brandon's league. And I think what we learned last year, we were twelve and four, and we were really a little bit hamstrung by our lack of elite talent at the quarterback position yeah. but i've i've long sort of held to the idea in real football that you could you could build an elite team around an average quarterback and you could coach around him and i've always been fascinated by that model because to me there's always a there's a scarcity of really elite quarterbacks but there yeah. can be a surplus of other guys that you can put around them the and middle I ground that, guys absolutely yeah i, think it's I like, agree with that yes it's it's you're right. There's okay. What maybe four elite quarterbacks at a time? Maybe five. That's right. Twenty four teams. <laughs> yep. And um, from my experience, I've won it with both. Uh, the Odyssey. I won uh, four championships in the '60s, and I had four different quarterbacks. Who were they, Brandon? If you don't mind me asking. Lenny Dawson. Oh, good quarterback. Bart yeah. Starr. Oh man. John Hadle. Like okay. John Hadle, I got him yeah. on my team. Still love him. I, I could give you 1967 or 60, 67. You, I could give you 30 guesses you'd never name the quarterback. Jackie Lee. Don't, wow. Don't know that and one. And my starting quarterback was Joe Namath. Namath, I've always, I've always felt in action PC football, the big play quarterbacks are the hardest for that game to recreate. Mm. Sure. They, you know, the guys that are right around the 48 to 51% completion percentage. Yep. 25 touchdowns, 20 intercepted, but how many big plays did a guy like Namath make? He would he made the play in that era that determined the game and it was usually it was there was some point in the game he made that throw and that Jets won the game. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. After they won Super Bowl three, they never Namath never beat a team with a winning record again. That's fascinating. Yes. Wow. But from sixty five to sixty eight, who was better for the big plays than Namath? You know, 
Now, the, and I have found guys like Lenny Dawson, Bart Starr with the high completion percentage. Mm-hmm. They might throw 15 to 22 touchdown passes, low interceptions. Those guys, to me, were always the guys at the Pat Berry's. If you notice, Pat Berry's got Lenny Dawson. He won't get off him. I mean, you could <laughs> offer him the world. Uh, the Sonny Jurgensons. Oh. Jeff Stainfield picked him up for one reason in 70. And I'll be surprised if Jeff doesn't win the uh, Odyssey, the Continental Football League. It's another league, Ted. We're in the 70s. But anyway, yeah. I- I'm with you. I mean, not everybody can have an elite quarterback. So you got to build That's it. Right. And plus, when you your quarterback, you've got to build up what that quarterback was. Like you get Bob yeah. Greasy or Bart Starr, you, you got to have a really good running game. That's they right. Didn't throw, they didn't throw a lot of passes. That's right. They were yeah. very efficient. I mean, they were two of the most efficient quarterbacks from in their in their era. But yeah. they threw two hundred and fifty. Pa- I mean, what did what did Greasy throw like in Super Bowl seven or Super Bowl eight? Like nine yeah. passes or eleven? Yeah, passes? I just listened to a podcast. Zonk and kick. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Amazing, right. amazing. Yeah. But I also won it. In the, I won it in, the, in another league in the Can Am, which I also run, Ted. Which now we're up to two thousand five. But oh. I wanted a, I wanted a couple times in the '80s with Marino, so I've had all kinds yeah. of quarterbacks. I've had the guy where I'm airing it out every play, yep. and I've had the other guy where I've got the ball control. He's more of a game. I, it really gets under my skin when I hear Greasy and Star called game managers because they made a lot of big throws too when it mattered. Sure, absolutely. Take a look at some of Bart Starr's championship, especially the '66 uh, NFL championship game against Dallas, the one in Dallas when uh, they when they KO'd Meredith on the last play and Tom Brown picked it off in the end zone. But being from <laughs> being from up there, I'm going to get get a Packer story in there. But anyway, oh, absolutely, you got Ted, to. go ahead, go ahead, Ted. I don't want to hog the whole damn thing. No, you, no, I, I love it. I love it. I just think in our league, you know, quarterbacks tend to be a little overvalued, and you can get somebody to overpay for a quarterback or overpay for a yes. pick that they're going to use on a quarterback, and then you yes. get a lot in return, and that's. That's always kind of been my way of doing it. So a couple of seasons ago, Brandon, I got to the title game with Tommy Kramer. Tommy had like one magical season. Oh, he did. Yes, he and did. that was the season we rode him to the title. We lost by a field goal. And um, but then then Tommy kind of fell off a cliff and I've been wandering in the the Bobby A. Bear kind of quarterback desert ever since. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm trying to overpay for a quarterback. So it's going it's going full circle. Who have you pursued just to I, I I'm not <laughs> Yeah, pursue. Well, you know me, man. I'm always spending my my future draft picks up and, right. and bringing different guys. But I made a run at. I'm, I'm currently making a run at Randall Cunningham, so okay. I'm trying to get Randall Cunningham away from uh, from Chris there at Frederick. So we're having some some talks about Randall and okay. Um, you know, it's it's kind of slim pickings this year though because yes, the guys who have their franchise guys aren't going to move off of them, and I I totally get that. I think the price tag was going to be a little high on Jim Kelly, and I just didn't have the capital to make a oh, a, I know a run at him. Right, even though I just drafted Troy Aikman uh, and traded Harbaugh. Although you asked me about Harbaugh, Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's he's kind of a he's underrated kind of guy. Yeah. He's kind of a guy like you you mentioned. He's exactly he's around eighty percent rating every year. He's very yep. consistent and. Yep. It's a funny thing. I've had him twice now. I had him in the yeah. Odyssey. I just had him in the Odyssey, but I had him also in the Can-Am when we went through the same time period, mm-hmm. and I ended up trading him both times. And I now I did this time because I got Aikman and yep. I wanted Troy. Uh, the the first when I had him in the Can-Am, I used Harbaugh 
and two first-round picks to get the draft pick to get Brett Favre. There you go. Okay. But something you you know something you said about quarterbacks it's it's they're just a hard and sometimes you'll get them and you think I got a really good quarterback and they don't perform like you think they're going to. That's right. I, I had Stabler one. I had Stabler in the Odyssey the first go around, and I mean I had Stabler one year where I ended up benching him in some game. And I I get infuriated. I'd be like, Oh yeah, you know this is Kenny Stabler. I mean, snake man, the expectations are huge. Yeah, no, one one guy, one anomaly like that in our league from this year, and I forget who had him. It might have been you, Chris. Did you have uh, Vinny Testaverde? Or was that no? Was that some- no, I didn't have him. I'm trying to so, think who had him. I coached against early career Vinny Testaverde this year in the Odyssey Football League, and he was terrible that year statistically. Right, right. abysmal. But he finished in like the top five of our league in in passing categories statistically, and it was just the it was the funniest thing where I mean, in real real life, Vinny throws like thirty five picks that year and nine touchdowns or something. Right, right. And um, whoever had him, I don't know if it was a, just a hot hand or what. Um, they, they have well, ten, two ten receivers he was throwing to and a and, a, and an true. offensive line that was a wall in front of him. I mean, that, that all has to have an impact on on how these yeah. guys perform. Um, right. Can I make a confession? Yeah, yeah. I did try to get Lynn Dickey today. Did you? Yeah. Okay. You yeah. From he, Ted Kruger. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to I tried to move a pick and get him before him, but I, I couldn't. I, I missed Ted Kruger him. in the OFL. That's uh. That's he a, wants that's... to come back. He want. He's dying to come back. He, okay. In fact, he asked me. He said next opening he'd like to come back. And All right. I like Ted. I, I mean, like man. We did some legendary deals together for sure. Yep. And he's had some fun. Yep. Now, yep. now he's let's. In the con- well, Go I was, was going to ask you guys now on, because because both of you have coached football, uh, Ted and Brandon, coaching real football, coaching retro. What's the difference, Ted? I'll let you start. Yeah, um, I, I tell you what, both contexts bring uniqueness and more similarities than you might think on the level of relationship. And we, Chris, touched on this in the last podcast, and that's why this is so joyful. We get to but faces with names and enjoy some conversation among like, like-minded people. And um, that's what I love the most about real football, you know, and I, I think it's just, it's relating, it's knowing people, it's knowing the kids, it's getting to know their families. Yep. Um, at a time like this, Chris, you teased it in the intro where, where things are so sideways in our country. Like to me, I just, I dream about those moments where I'll be back on the field with my, with my kids and, and get yeah. to enjoy them. I think from a, from a football working standpoint and the mechanics of the game, I honestly think calling a bunch of plays in these sim leagues has made me a little bit better game day coach. You know, the, the mind works faster. You're calling plays against the clock. You're calling plays against another person. Yep. Uh, you're thinking two or three moves down the chessboard, And um, it's actually a good, it's a good exercise. I don't know if you can draw a straight line between success in this and success in that. Cause the two things are so different, but um, I think it's helpful for a coach. Um, and it's a fun way to get a look at what kind of personnel groupings and matchups could, could work. Um, and, and it's a good way to test theories, right? So like for me, I was always in love with like the Parcells era giants with their ground and pound and yep. kind of the, the quote unquote game management from Phil Sims and 
that was always the kind of team that I wanted to build. So in this, I get to test it out. You know, I get to, you know, put my blocking fullbacks and my tight ends and my big bangers in the backfield and see how we can do. And um, I just enjoy it on that level. Brandon, what what do you say about that question? Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the only difference is really the human side, what you said, mm-hmm. Ted. I mean, when you when you when you're coaching a, a youth team or whatever, I mean, you got you've got human beings you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. With our game, we don't have to deal with the human being, but <laughs> so we can yell and scream about the performance. And we're not having them jump back in our face and going, "Hey, I'm doing the best I can." Thank God. And yeah, I, I I agree with you. Uh, I had two sons, uh, uh, both athletes. The older boy uh, ended up playing college baseball, and um, so I lived all that and, and coached from the time. Uh, they were young and, and then I even coached, I even actually coached before my oldest was even old enough to play. I just, I was an athlete and loved, loved playing and sure. a buddy of mine said, Hey, we need a football, we need a coach for the rebels football league down here. And, and, uh, would you coach one of the teams? In fact, Jeff Stainfield and I coached it together. Okay. You know, wow. we've been, Jeff and I've been friends for 46 years. Oh, phenomenal! Uh, and he lives in Texas now, but he was—he was, he was here for a million years. Uh, yeah, we go back to when we were young guys, and uh, we played yeah. ball together. And uh, nice. the game itself—what you said about the game—you're exactly right. You can—the nice thing about it is, you own the team, but you're not paying the guys. So if you want to, you can tear it down and rebuild it however you want to rebuild it. Yeah. How much stuff do you learn when you play against the other guy? There, there's. I'd, I'd love to tell you. Hey, all the football I know. Hey, I thought of it. No. Yeah. And Ted, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'd agree. Both of us. This is a compilation of everybody that we, that coached us. Yeah. Played with, played against. Yep. Even, even down to how you act on the football field. Yeah. I mean. That's right. You know, uh. The one sport that I learned the best, the best behavior on a sporting field, believe it or not, was when I, I when I retired, I took up tennis. Okay. And I got I, I got with a great tennis pro who built my game, and I was I took basketball and football mentality to the tennis court. Yeah, you and can. he saw me jump up and down. I mean, I'm in my 40s, late 40s, uh-huh. early 50s, and he's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And he, he wasted energy. He goes, wasted energy. Yep. And he goes, you're you only got, hurting yourself. Have you seen the movie Borg versus McEnroe? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Movie. So good, man. So yes. good. Yes. And speaking of coaching, I'm looking at the Wisconsin memorabilia over your shoulder. And this is a, <laughs> this is a story that Pops will appreciate. So when I was a freshman in high school, there was only like one fully padded football camp in the Midwest. And it was a Barry Alvarez Wisconsin football camp. Okay. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, Pop sent me off to the the Alvarez Wisconsin camp, and I loved yeah. it. You know, I had this amazing experience, and I came back and I said, uh, "I said, Pops, two things. Number one, this team's going to be in the Rose Bowl by the time I'm a senior in high school." And I said, "Number two, I'm going to I'm going to play for Wisconsin." One of those things came true. <laughs> Alvarez did have a God but, bless you. I wish you had ended up in Madison. My oh, whole fam- my whole family did. My dad went there and played golf and. Uh, uh, all my cousins and everybody and uh, went there uh, and uh, big, big Wisconsin fan. Yeah. Uh, Robert wanted to go there, but uh-huh. growing up being born here in Fort Myers, Florida and growing up here, both his mother and I both said, 
your first winter is not going to be Madison, Wisconsin. Coming from Fort Myers, Florida, you, you'll you'll never you'll never make it through school because yeah, my son you made it one year in Wisconsin. Zero. Yeah, that what's that? Yeah. What's that my, Chris? my son made it one year in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and yeah. that winter gets everyone. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah, I grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin, just south of Green Bay, and okay, uh, as a kid, and so my memories are I loved it. You know, it snowed. Yeah. We got you know we. Uh, that was my first organized football. Was at uh, St. Francis uh, Xavier uh, fifth, mm. fifth and sixth grade football, and uh, Rocky mm. Blyer went to that school. No when kidding. I was, when I was when I was in fifth grade, he was a senior. I'll be darned, man. That's and I've met Rock. I've met Rocky. Okay. In fact, I'll show you. <laughs> Can you see this? Pan down a little bit, just a little bit more. Oh, there we go. Oh, nice. Nice. He was That's at a blue chip luncheon. Uh, oh, it's got to be thirty years ago now, um, here in Fort Myers, and uh, so I, you know, I thought I'm going to go to Sports Authority. Was still open. I went to Sports mm-hmm. Authority and bought two white panel footballs. My wife's from the Pittsburgh area, and her dad was in the media for like forty years, and he, b- biggest Steeler fans in the world. So I thought I'm going to get a football for me and a football for my father in law. There you go. Blyer comes in to the to the uh, restaurant to the to the uh, venue, and uh, and when he walked by, he had the NBC, the local NBC people with him. And when he walked by, I go, "We still love you, at St. Francis Xavier." Uh, he, he stopped dead, and he turns and he goes, "You're not making that up, are you?" And I go, "No, no, Rocky, I'm not. I was in fifth grade on the fifth and sixth grade team when you were." Mr. <laughs> Everything at the, in in Wisconsin, he set all the rushing records. Wow! And uh, real quick story: his 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 motivational talk was about people's perception of things. Mm-hmm. And the one story he told was about that. He said, "I'm I'm 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 set every rushing record in 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 high school football in Wisconsin. Notre Dame recruits me. I go to Notre Dame. I uh, I have not met the coach. It was Dan Devine. Mm-hmm. He goes." Uh, I come in for uh, summer in the summer for practice. He goes, I'm running with my head down and I run head first into Dan Devine. And he goes, my equipment, everything goes flying. Dan <laughs> Devine goes up against the wall and I go, oh, coach, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Devine goes, who are you? Because he only his, <laughs> one of his assistants recruited him. Wow. One of his coordinators. He goes, I'm Rocky Blyer. Well, in Divine's mind, Rocky Blyer went for 5,000 yards, had to be like Larry Zonka in size. And he goes, you can't be. He goes, I was 5'10", 175 when I got to Wisconsin. He goes, Divine's backing up going, you can't be Rocky Blyer. You can't be Rocky Blyer. But anyway, yeah, it was a great experience. Well, but you're, anyway, you're, yeah. well you're buddies with Jack Ham too, right? And sister grad. No, I wish I would. I've met you. I've met him. He, um, and sister graduated high school with him at Bishop McCord in Johnstown. And mm-hmm. uh, they were in the same grad and knows him. And Ann's dad knew Jack real well. And every time we'd come up to, uh, they lived in Johnstown, the flood city. Mm-hmm. And it's about an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. And every time we'd go up there at Christmas time or Thanksgiving, uh, Ann's dad would go, hey, the Penguins are in town. The Steelers play on a Sunday. Or if we'd go in the summer or spring, it'd be the Pirates. And and, and so and his go-to guy was Jack Ham. Jack Ham would get him the tickets for me. Wow. And one, one time I did get to meet Jack Ham. He's a really good guy and a hell of a player. Yeah, man. He, that's... He, he went good. He went high in the draft, too. 
Ted Kruger. Yeah, he, he got him. He got him. Kruger. Kruger, Ted. Kruger mm-hmm. is going after all the Steelers. So he sends me an email. <laughs> he, this is 1971. Yeah. So he, he writes me an email right when the draft starts, and he's already traded. He's gotten Bradshaw. He's got, I think, Mel Blount. He's got, he's got out of five or six. He's got Joe Green. He's got mm-hmm. uh, Greenwood. He's got Dwight White now. So he writes me and he goes, what do you think of my draft and my trading? I go, keep trading for the Steelers. This is a good era for him. Absolutely. <laughs> Funny Ted Kruger story. So he his was the franchise that I took over when I when I came into the OFL. Oh, wow. okay. okay. And I was so excited to have found you, Brandon, and have found the OFL. I just said yes to the first thing. And little did I know, Kruger was trying to sell me this uh, – this franchise where he had sold off like all the good players and, and all that, everything was gone. So the cover was bare, but um, I was just so excited to be involved. I didn't care at all. Ted, um, I, how did you find out about me or man, find out about the yeah. Odyssey? I was thinking about that the other day. Cause I knew we'd probably talk about it. I was, I think writing my book on the 87 NFL player strike at that time. So I was doing a bunch of kind of deep dive internet, pro football type research on the past and i yeah. i ran across your website and i i didn't even know such a thing existed but i was ecstatic i was just like this is a this is the best thing ever so i sent you the email and here we are fantastic so you didn't grow up playing sports simulation games no i didn't man and i i, I don't know if i was in the wrong era so i i grew up sort of like video games were just starting to be a thing when i was growing up what, what are and, you ted 42 I'm 44. Yeah, you're, you're you're the same age as my oldest son. My oldest yeah. son, is 44. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. Video games were just starting to take off, and this the sports sim, dice, cards, and charts and mm-hmm. chart books kind of took a big hit. See, I would have loved it though. You know, if yeah. I'd known about it, I would have loved it. You know, and pops knows what a dork I was for this stuff. But he used to, you know, my parent. They were great parents in in every way, but they used to let me stay home. And calling sick from school to watch the NFL draft. You know, that was that was kind of their concern. I was old there. enough. I was old enough. I just skipped work. There you go. I love it. Man, I, I would sit there with my USA Today and follow yeah. along in the picks. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm in like fourth grade at the time. It was uh, no no accident that I was unsuccessful with women for a long time. You know, but um, do, you, do you think there's any correlation in playing these simulation games and growing up in the cold weather? Oh man, I, I bet there is. I bet tell you what, there's a lot of long, long winter. Growing days. up in Wisconsin, it was. I, I can still remember. I mean, my first, my the first ones I got was Appa uh, Major League Baseball, and then I got Appa Pro Football. But before that, I told Chris a story that my my great uncle gave me a game called Junior Quarterback, and okay. it was a, it was a generic game. It had like mm-hmm. one you you rolled you rolled one die. And obviously one through six, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, it was just regular die, two regular mm-hmm. die, die that made the die. You rolled one that would tell you what column you'd call a play, running play, outside yeah. run, power sweep, whatever. Roll the die would tell you what column you looked under. Then you rolled both dice. You had no players. You could have whoever you wanted. Mm. And I actually came up with my own version of that later on as I got older. And then my parent, my mom, my parents got me up a major league baseball and I got introduced to that whole world. Nice. Played all those games. Chris will tell you when I met Chris, we were playing a game, uh, replay baseball. It was, mm. it was dice. Uh, it was char- a chart book and, and cards. And man, you would pour over those cards. Mm-hmm. 
look at the numbers and you know because you had the it was a 36 random number grid and it was mm. manual score sheets ted yeah, yeah hardcore baby it. hardcore i love it you guys are preaching to the choir man you know that i'm like i'm unfortunately i live in 2020 but i, I would have done great in an analog yeah like, absolutely brandon yeah. misses that dice roll that that's a big one i always felt i had an advantage i always felt didn't everybody <laughs> I'm a, yeah. i roll better numbers than this guy i'm gonna sure. i don't care who the hell i have on my team well, well, well let me <laughs> i love it man. well let, well, let me well, well let me ask you something about so so we found this action pc football which is way better than apple it, it it's a good one and i think brandon brandon found it but no i know i wish i could say that I, you guys will never guess and I went, I took up action PC football, kicking and screaming. Mm. Pat Barry. Oh, so you Pat were the, you were you were at Appa hard hard heart and no, soul. No, I I had stepped away completely from uh, football simulation in like nineteen around nineteen ninety, not in the mid nineties. Appa went from being a card dice and chart game to a computer game. Wow. And the NFL Players Association wanted money for the use of their names. I'll be darned. Yeah. So when the first computer games came out, because Appa figured, okay, it's no longer on a card. It's just on a screen. Mm-hmm. They'd have players in there. They would use the player's number. You had to guess who the player was. And you could go in and modify the player and, and, and put in his real name. And sure. the game was real clunky. It was DOS. It was a DOS version. It wasn't Windows yet. Mm -hmm. And I, Chris, if you remember, you printed me off a whole season of statistics one time for me and faxed them to me. You probably don't even remember doing that. That was probably in, that was in the nineties. And I just, I stepped away from it. I, it, it, I didn't want to do dice anymore and all that. And I was really into baseball big. And, and there were a couple of really good computer baseball games I was playing at the time. And then Pat Barry around 2004 started in on me about, I'm in a football league. I'm really playing a good football game. I know you love, I, and I've, I've, I've met Pat and done some things with Pat. He lives up in the uh, Capital District area, Albany, Schenectady, New York. And how I've gotten to be around him is the guys I played tournament softball with when we retired from playing uh, here the main sponsor, who's a great guy, scout with the twins and legal counsel for the twins. Mm. He, he said, we're all good. We've been best friends for 20 years. We need a reason to get together every year, even though we're not playing ball together anymore. Mm -hmm. Put together a trip for the Hall of Fame induction weekend in like 1996. So we've done that about six, seven times. Pat lives in that area because we always go to Albany, Schenectady. We mm -hmm. go to Saratoga for the races. Pat meets us. Well, Pat hit beat on me for three years. You got to play this game. You got, come on, you got. So I did. <clears throat> took, took two years. 2000, <clears throat> 2006, I bought it. I got in a league Pat was with in current season, though. Mm. And I got to tell you guys right now, I've tried the current, I've tried to run a current season league. I've also <laughs> been in two others, and it's a whole different mentality of member. Oh, I bet. That's younger guys. Mm -hmm. very confrontational mm -hmm. um belligerent i had mm -hmm. i had ma major league issues. why is that uh, you think 
I, they've got the fantasy football mentality, oh, okay, okay. And, and they're in their twenties. They're 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 twenty something. I mean, I, I got a twenty year old that just graduated from school, and he and I are always at odds about something. I mean, it's just it's generational. I'm yeah sixty four, and no, I don't think you have ADHD. I just think you need a kick in the ass. I mean, <laughs> come on. Hey, Brandon, no. can I can you come in and talk to my students? That that's a message they need to hear. I'd love to come in there and talk. Oh, it'd be great. It'd be yeah. great. The kick yeah. in the ass worked for me. Yeah, I mean, they get tired of hearing it from me. It worked for me. I love it. it. For, I mean, you know, there was no be. You know, you're lazy. Boom, get yeah. the hell going. But but yeah. let me but let me oh, ask you something. Amen. With the, the interesting thing about action PC football, and then yeah. talking to people, you know, as they play the season, what yeah. irritates you the most though of playing that game? Because you guys mentioned a lot of things yeah, earlier about just you draft a certain player and it doesn't perform. And I know in the baseball leagues I'm in, there's nothing that'll drive you crazier than that. I don't the have the laptop's a... almost gone out the front door a few times. <laughs> oh yeah, same here. Ted, when you, Ted, when you, and Ted, when you talked about you know losing games and and having to you know kind of <laughs> cool your jets a little bit, yeah, because it's not the guy's fault that you're getting coped, right? Yeah, yeah. I have Jeff Stainfield I call, uh-huh. and he calls me. I mean, and as soon as – if he tells me he's got a game on a Wednesday night or if I tell him I got a game Saturday, he knows when the phone's ringing. He'll, we'll yeah. know what time we're both playing, and, and he knows if the phone's ringing, something crazy happened. Sure, sure. Uh, I think it's when I play somebody – for me, it's if I'm playing somebody and I think they're doing something that really isn't – they're trying to take advantage of – and the game is very hard. I don't think you can really take it advantage of the game design yeah, yeah. It, it's football yeah you know you talk to guys who play stratomatic and they'll actually use the term strat ball because yeah. the game can be taken advantage of this can't be but mm-hmm. guys will still try crazy stuff they'll want to do five end arounds they'll want to mm-hmm. you know uh uh go you know put both running backs in the slot uh mm-hmm. okay go yeah. go ahead and do it it might work once yeah, but that's the, yeah. that's the coach irritating you more than the game, though, isn't it? The game there really isn't any. The only thing is, you know, what we the the term we use, we got coked. I mean, yeah. and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Ted. Something I told Chris in, in I think my first podcast, I got to know Dave Coke really well in the beginning because he really <laughs> only had the baseball and the football game. He was he had basketball and he had hockey. He hadn't gotten the golf game going yet. So he didn't, and he didn't work on like all these, he does all these era, era sets now and stuff. So I could actually call him up and talk to him. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. And, and this is going back, this is going back almost 15 years. Mm-hmm. So I'd call him up and we'd talk and, and we were talking one time and I just said, you know, I got a lot of guys griping about just, they understand, they understand certain things can happen like a ball's tipped and. You know, mm-hmm. a guy catches it and goes the other way for a touchdown and, and stuff like that. But, you know, how about when a guy who never returned a punter kick for a TD runs one back for a touchdown? That's right. That's right. I grew up in – growing up in the APA era, Stratomatic era, guys only – in those games, Ted, guys only did what they did in real life. Yeah. Like, your, your kick returner, if your kick returner didn't have a touchdown – He's not running one back for a touchdown in in those games. Yeah, there was Coke's answer to me, and 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 I, as much as I didn't like it, I now have learned to like it. Mm-hmm. His philosophy is, 
if it can happen in a football game, I want it to happen in my game. Mm-hmm. And why shouldn't your kick returner have some or punt chance. returner have some slight chance of running it back for a TD? Yeah, yeah. The only thing is with action, it was never – most of the other computer games today were a board game at one time with cards and charts and a dice. So mm-hmm. if you played them, you kind of know what the random number size is. Yeah. With this, it's like the great unknown. Yeah. You got to right. win. I just played a playoff game with the wind blowing 25 miles an hour. I mean, what oh, yeah. is, what's the effect on that? I mean, I know going against it, I'm going to have issues. But yeah, how much did it impact my quarterback's ability had, to throw? We had snow inside the Pontiac Silverdome in one game in like nineteen. No, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was terrible. But uh, <laughs> yeah, to me, Chris, the most similar to Brandon, the most irritating thing is when, yeah, a player like I get killed by terrible backup quarterbacks. That's my thing. So <laughs> I coach against. I had to coach against great Scott Campbell a, a season oh, ago. Oh no, and. Never got his due. (laughs) Oh, Scott Campbell lit me up to the tune of like four touchdowns and 300 yards. That was one where I had to take a walk. (laughs) Yeah, I might have killed myself. I mean, here's here's my rage thing. So I get super mad and then I make my son, who's 17, coach the rest of the game. Oh, wow. So that's that's the deal. (laughs) And uh, so that happened. And then and then sometimes I'll write a really snarky like game recap in which I include some pictures of Scott Campbell. Campbell Scott, the night, you know, made an appearance in the game recap. I had to coach – I got lit up in the playoffs this year by the great Bubby Brister, you know, great great Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh legend. Yes. I oh, yes. Yeah, you and did. Yeah, you tough, did. Afternoon, too, man. A lot of emotion that day. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's – it's it, it is. It's – um I've had to bite my tongue. I mean, my big thing is I'll text somebody. I'll just text, this is ridiculous, or this yeah. has turn, turned into a farce. You know, uh, Namath can't handle the snap three times. Uh, yeah. A screen pass gets intercepted. I mean, how many, how many times in your life have you seen a screen pass intercepted? Do you like go, when I, <laughs> well, I can know. still remember the only one I ever saw, ever saw. It was the Ravens were playing the Steelers, I think, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't Flacco. It was the quarterback before Flacco came in there. Kyle and who's that? Bowler. Who Krebs yeah. is trying to trade? That's I, why you couldn't trade him, Krebs. Nobody, uh, nobody there's will. There's a market for Kyle Bowler. Unbelievable. <laughs> they won't even Krebs respond to, to my email. <laughs> Krebs tried to trade him today. I love it. He tried, he tried to throw a screen pass to Chester Taylor and James Harrison just stepped in front of it and went the other way and it's like that's the only one i can remember in my whole lifetime nitschke and butkus never intercepted screen passes. that's true that's it happens all the time in our game though you know it happened i don't oh god it's yeah no no it's crazy so is that the randomness going a little too far that's irritating it sounds like well in in coke's defense you know when he said that too and he he goes i want you sunday you, he goes, I know you watch football. He goes, you watch an NFL, you watch whatever you're watching Sunday and start counting how many bizarre things happen in just one game. Yeah. And I did, and it's like, okay, but I still don't like it. <laughs> Especially when it happens to my team. 
Exactly. It's always negative. We only remember the ones that go against us. That, Brandon, and the fact that if you try to run a kickoff back, there will for sure be a penalty. You know what I mean? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah. oh. So in that, real NFL, it's like 100% authentic in that regard. Yes. But, uh, yeah, there's always a block in the back. You're starting on the seven if you bring a kickoff out. Oh, Guaranteed. I'll- the other one that has driven me crazy, and he's kind of eliminated it. There were a couple of years, like 2017 version of the game, 2018. He had that delayed pass interference. Oh yeah. The, the text would say he was all over him. Yep. On your, and then like five, seven, eight seconds later, boom, the penalty thing comes up. Mm-hmm. I'd be holding my breath the whole time, thinking, and then when it wouldn't come up, I'd be like. Whew, man, yep. thank God. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, we only, and it's funny, Jeff and I over the years, and he's been a good sounding board because I'd call screaming and yelling and, 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 uh, you're not going to, I branded it happened the last game. I heard, I've heard it before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kruger is beating me in a playoff game a couple of years ago. Okay. He drives, he, I'm up like four. And he drives all the way down to my one-yard line with, like, 30 seconds left. And I'm thinking, I'm going to lose. This is – I'm not going to – I couldn't stop him. Yeah. The next play fumbled in my guy. It was um, Paul Guidry in the Continental Football League for 99 the other way to sew the game up. There you go. I I called Stainfield up, and I said, if that had been me, if I'm getting ready to win at the – and that – I said – it would have either ended up in the swimming pool or out in the front yard. The laptop, <laughs> one or the other. The front yard would be me now doing the ring rope, holding onto the ring rope. The Ric Flair stomping on it. Exactly, man. Poor anyway. Kruger. That's a that's a tough one. That's a tough beat. It right is. There. It for, is for sure. What, We've all had them though. What, we have. What, Absolutely. Would it be interesting to either of you who are students of the game, if the game kind of lets you design your own plays? And come and kind of somehow interact more with how the offense and defense, you know, operates versus is kind of how static it is right now. Would, would that be interesting? Or are ahead, you just Sam. happy with the way it is? Honestly, I'm pretty. I'm really happy with the way it is. And tip of the cap, too. like we we complain a lot about you know about the game developer. I think just when we're frustrated when we're losing. But like, right. I want to thank the guys if I by chance he's listening. Like incredible product. We love it. Um, I actually think the playbook is really creative and comprehensive for what it is in the sense so that too. so much of football, Brandon, and you know, this is, you know, personnel groupings. And so like, if I've got three receivers on the field that can hurt you, you might come out and nickel, yep. but if I've got the personnel to run the ball, you know, I might stay, I might stay in base. I might run the ball. So yep. To me, it's a lot of the chess of matchups, the chess of who's on the field, yes. the chess of like what can I do out of out of certain formations. Absolutely, um, you know, it's been it's been satisfying for me. There aren't a lot of like schematic things that I would want to do that the game doesn't allow me to do. You know what I mean? I agree. Uh, the only the only if you if you guys are familiar, you might not be. They've got a they've got a bulletin board. They have the Action PC bulletin board or Action mm-hmm. PC. And a lot of guys, the only guys who really post wanting some changes to that sort of thing are the guys who want to play in the, in the 1920s or 30s or sure. when the formations were. and A whole different football game. Yeah. I mean, t- 
10 guys through passes. The court, you didn't really have a quarterback, you know, and I, I had a league that went back to the forties. That's incredible. And it was great. What we did was you'll, you'll like this Ted, because you're in the odyssey. Mm -hmm. Somebody came to me. I lost you. Okay. You're back. I had somebody was trying to call me. Um, Pat Berry might have come to me and he goes, how about we do something in the 50s? Mm-hmm. So what I did was I came up with the idea of taking the Odyssey Football League in 1960, take those teams, it could only be a 10-team league, the first 10 guys that would want to be in it, and play backwards in time. Okay. Play 59, you start out with your Odyssey Football League players, and then you draft 58, 57. You just oh, look at the that's players a neat idea. Area. Yeah. yeah, and we made it all the way back to 1947, 46. Amazing. Uh, what hurt was trying to find guys interested in wanting to play that era. Everybody sure. was really jacked up about the 50s because a lot of familiarity with those mm-hmm. names. What I loved about it was a lot of guys who I knew their names, I, I thought I knew a lot about them, but having to research them, and that's the other part of this hobby that I find so fascinating. It's gotten me, gotten me to read a bunch of books and stuff about these guys. Yep. When we got back to the old AAFC, the All-American Football Conference, and those guys and how good that league was, I, I got the, a, a book about their history. and mm-hmm. But we couldn't, at the end, it was a 10-team league, and we only had five. We were each coaching two teams. Mm-hmm. But getting back to what we were talking about, I don't see anything with the game that I would want to change or I would want to now try to integrate my ideas. That could be, you could be opening Pandora's box with that one. That's right. That's right. That's a great point. And Coke has done a great job. And Chris can relate to this because Chris wanted, Chris was going to take a, what I consider the best baseball simulation game I ever played. Chris was going to take it from DOS to windows. And that, deal all fell apart because i know Mm -hmm. chris would have made would have done a great job with it as a windows version but the guy who owned it what you find out with these game designers and and they're artists Mm. that's that's you're like an author hey yeah i can i can say my book wasn't as good as i thought it should be don't you say it that's right and these guys all get up on their hind legs when you start questioning hey don't you think you ought to do this or you know it could Mm -hmm. be and it, it got so bad with the guy that Chris is familiar with, a guy named Jerry Klug. Uh, he finally told some guys in a baseball league that we played their game, and, and all the guys loved it, but two guys were hypercritical of it all the time. Mm-hmm. He told them both, I'm not selling you the game anymore. Mm. Go make your own game. Wow. And think think what you have to do to create just action. I wouldn't even know where to begin to create Oh, that. my goodness. Yeah, no. I mean, tip of the cap. Totally. It's uh, it's amazing and so much fun. Well, that's kind of why I asked you all, because I've I played the APA football game, which I didn't think was anything near. No, this one at all. No, the computer version was pretty bad. It It was it was horrible. The the card game was okay, but there's nothing like what what Dave's created and kind of go back to Klug. Klug is an artist and you don't mess with their baby. They don't they don't. And, and I respect that to a to a certain point, but when you start making right. business decisions, you know maybe you decide to move on. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. Chris will tell you, Ted, if Chris, if he Klug Klug instead of um, letting the game go from being a DOS game to Windows, mm-hmm. he didn't want to give his baby up. It was yeah. one of those he let it die. Interesting. And, 
instead of letting Chris, Chris, it was going to, you were going to buy the rights to it, right, Chris? Yeah, because wow. it was a fantastic, fantastic oh, it awesome. simul. It, 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 well, he, he'd really done a nice job. It with was that. baseball. It was baseball. Mm-hmm. It really was. Uh, and the way he had the pitcher batter interaction was there's no other game mm-hmm. like it. I mean, Interesting. Got, the guy nailed it, but he took it to, he only went as far as DOS with it. And then Chris yeah. did one extra season for him with the deal, with the deal being right, Chris, that you then would, take it over and take it to windows right yeah and it was it was a nightmare because we couldn't find all the code you didn't know how all the stuff worked because he was an idea guy he knew how how the game was supposed to work how it actually got built there was a disconnect so that that was challenging so so let me i want to i want to play a game with you guys because we're we're getting (laughs) near it this this is okay this is a fun one so you each have to kind of chime in here i want to play what went wrong and I'm going to name a quarterback, not to pick mm-hmm. on quarterbacks tonight, but I want to pick on quarterbacks because I was trying to get Lynn Dickey. I want to name a quarterback. Let me know why it didn't turn out the way that, especially if you were, if you're drafting this quarterback, why it might not have worked out. So I want to start with my favorite one that disappointed me, Joey Harrington. <laughs> Ted, I'll start with you. Yeah. Ted, go ahead. Yeah. So you guys, this is, uh, oh, this is a little Detroit. <laughs> Yeah, this is a little window into my uh, my personnel <laughs> evaluation skills. So I was writing for ESPN during Joey's rookie year. Okay. Oh, were you really? And, nice. Okay. Yeah, and I had the opportunity to interview him. So I, I went down to Allen Park there to the, to the Lions facility and interviewed Joey. And I was so impressed with this kid. I probably called Pops on the way home and I said, you know, this kid's going to run the world in 15 years. You know, he's going to be... He's going to be Tom Brady. It was, it was that yeah. obvious too, right? For the people that were drafting him, he was a he, he was a can't miss. Is that true, Ted? Right. Hang on a second, guys. I'm getting a another call here. Sorry about that. Are we good? Yeah, yeah. you're good. You're back. But he you was a there? he was yeah. a can't miss, wasn't he, Ted? Oh, Ted, you there? We can hear you, Ted. Hey, Chris, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. Hold on. I'm going to, I'll pause and I'm going to reconnect us. Stand by. Amazing. Um, clearly the results were different. I don't know if that was a function of, you know, what was around him or, or what, but uh, yeah, that was, that was definitely ill-fated. You know, that, that was a team, you know, we talk about team building that just wasn't built very well. Um, right. You know, they, had, they had no offensive line talent. The defense was limited yet. You know, the, the, the regime kept drafting receiver after receiver to put around Joey yep. Harrington and never, it never came together. He was running for his life. You know, that was a kid yes. that was getting held yes. every time. He, and that was the era of the five to seven step drop every, every passing play. And he, yep. that poor, he was, uh, he was shell shocked by year two or three. Absolutely. I, I agree completely. Uh, and um, I know Chris is going to throw some other th- names at us, but I really believe Ted, these are my thoughts, obviously. I think even the quarterbacks coming out today are overvalued. They're, most of them aren't first-round picks and, and shouldn't, be, shouldn't be thrown in the starting right away. 100%. Uh, uh, but I think these teams are just so desperate to get uh, an, an, a face of the franchise and the next sure. Tom Brady that yep. they throw these guys. And then they, they cycle them out in two seasons. And Harrington... He went from there to a bad Miami team. That's right. There's no patience. Okay, here's here's a here's an analogous guy from right now, and I'm not a 
I'm not jumping on the table for this guy. I just think it's curious. Josh Rosen. Okay. There you go. Yes, absolutely. It's drafted racially bad situation in Arizona. Really only gets a few games. Then they ship him to Miami. His tape wasn't terrible, no. but he he's on a generationally bad Miami team. And Horrible. Horrible. Now now the league has given up on the kid. Yeah. But I wonder if there's something there. You know, I wonder to me, yeah. if I'm running a franchise, I flip the Dolphins a seventh round pick and I take a flyer on Josh Rosen because right. you know, he was a top ten pick for a reason. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree completely. It's uh and Harrington, I'm I'm right I'm right with you what you said mm-hmm. about him. They put him in these bad situations. I mean said hike, you can't have a defensive guy in your face on your third step. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, yeah. Well let's you know, talk about well let's talk about this one because he, he made yeah. quite the emergence this year. Ryan Ryan Tannehill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Brandon. Uh uh after seeing him in Miami, uh he was, you know, he was on bad Miami teams. So it's the same uh, kind of Derrick Henry. Der, Derrick Henry has opened it up for him. Miami yeah. did not have that running kind of a running game. They didn't have the offensive line. I think Vrabel's a better coach than any coach he had in Miami. He had the Philbin, and I can't even being a Dolphin fan. Oh, they were my second team to Green Bay, but I've been here fifty some years. I have lived and died with Miami um, the Dolphins. Um, coaching and, and bad personnel around him and uh yeah. he goes to tennessee got a better defense you're not you know you're not always playing from behind um you got derrick henry and and you had a better receiving core i i think you know um that's what that's my summation of tanny hill and why he emerged this year how about you ted um, Ted, what do you think of Ryan? Hey, Chris, did we lose? Did we lose Brandon again? No, we got him. No, I'm still here. Yeah, so Ryan went to he went to the franchise that if I could build, if I could build a team, that would be the team I would build. I mean, you got you got a huge thumper running back. You got you, the the second biggest star on the team is your left tackle, the great Taylor Luan. There you um, go. You know, a lot of investment in the offensive line. Yeah, good tight ends. They're, yes. they're calling an easy game for Tannehill. Yep. And similar to what we mentioned before with, you know, some of these quote-unquote game manager types who really could get it done, they're asking him to make a few plays that he's able to make. Right. And um, it's a great, great situation. I think it was a good – it was a savvy team-building move um, to get a bargain Ryan Tannehill um, into the building if you're the Tennessee Titans. And um, I'm glad they stuck with him. Um, you know, I think he, we saw him in the preseason. I took Tristan to watch the Titans play the Patriots. And, um, this is the funny stuff that happens in the stadium. Uh, we're sitting there and there's a guy in front of us in a Mariota Jersey. And I'm just talking with my son, you know, we're not trying to, we're, we're being quiet and respectful. Mm-hmm. But I, I said to Tristan, I said, you know, I think, I think Tannehill's a better quarterback on this team. And the guy wheels around and he gives me oh. an earful. About oh. I'm an idiot. And Mariota's the greatest. And, you know, and of course by by week six and, <laughs> and I said, you know, I wish we could call that guy. Maybe he's listening. Right. So, uh, right. So, <laughs> to my nine listeners. That's right. So guy at Nissan Stadium with the Mariota jersey, if you're listening. I was right. Okay. <laughs> so going down that same path, how about Vince Young? Ooh. Okay, mm. so we just watched the uh 
one of the fun things that ESPN is doing during the pandemic, we watched that 2006 Rose Bowl uh, that was Texas and USC. So it was oh. Vince Young versus Liner. Yep. And you watch that game and you go, this is a man among boys. Yep. You know, he's he's walking on water in this game, right? Um, gets to Nashville. I think he's rookie of the year his first year. Yes, he was. Right. You know, so he's he put some games together. Uh, there was reason for optimism. I, I think the commitment to the the – out of the, the studiousness of the pro game maybe wasn't there for Vince. You, got, um, you, na- you nailed it. The other thing that uh, Ted is Fisher didn't want him. That's right. That was, was an forced, ownership he choice. He was forced on Fisher. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's a great point too. And yeah. and you're right. He's he's. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if mentally he wasn't strong enough. Emotionally, yeah. you read yeah. you heard a lot of crazy off field stuff with him emotionally. Yep. Um. And uh, maybe not ready to be a pro. You know, not ready to be a pro, right? So right. all the prodigious physical ability, though, unbelievable talent. Absolutely, had I mean, a whip, could run. Obviously, huge guy. Prototype. Yes. yes. Yep. I mean, the kind of guy that if he comes out in twenty twenty, he's a top five pick. Oh, absolutely. Know? Yes. Yes. And maybe if he got on a team where the head coach embraced him instead of bristled. Sure. Uh, you know, it's it's just like your boss. You know, if you yeah. if you got a boss who's a an asshole, you know, and treats you like garbage every time. Oh, here's here's that cluck guy again. You know, <laughs> what's he gonna what's he gonna tell me now? He's writing about instead of a guy who's supporting. <laughs> Brandon's been talking to my boss. I think you're texting. <laughs> you know, Ted. Except, except, you know, unlike having a boss who embraces you and supports yeah. you and boosts you and, 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 and is all on board with all your ideas and the things you want to do. I mean, yeah. and, and young, I, I hey, I, you got to be pretty tough to be able to handle that. And it, it probably yes, also divided the team somewhat. You had some of the team who liked Coach Fisher. Yeah. And some didn't. So they're going to they're going to be on his side about Vince Young. And, and yeah, no, it's. Yeah, you named you said it when mentally he, he mentally and emotionally not not ready for the NFL, and I think that's what happens to a lot of those. It's, yeah, there's no is there a tougher position in professional sports? Oh my goodness, I can't except imagine. putting out on eighteen at uh, Augusta. That's yeah, that's a co- well, <laughs> to, that's, win. Well, to win. to <laughs> win. That's that's kind of what I wanted to, to kind of kind of start going towards the end here. Is take okay. take Zach Prescott has the best wide receivers best running backs, best offensive line, great defense. They have a coach to help them. Everybody blames Jason Garrett for anything that goes wrong. The guy's right. asking for four years, $175 million. <laughs> I, it, it, there's parallels to the Vince Young story there, I, I guess. What, what do you guys think? Like he, You talk about being supportive and – trying to give this guy every chance to succeed. And right. I just I don't think he's he's got it. I think it's just throwing I think it's a throwing throwing thing, accuracy. And I don't think that's something I was a quarterback, Ted. Okay. Ted, you might not know this to me. I had a tryout with the Toronto Argonauts in seventy four. Get out of here. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm a had, huge CFL fan, man. I missed Joe, They had Joe Theisman. That was I went to the US ah. tryout. I got invited to the US tryout in Tampa. That's incredible. Now, where'd you play college ball, Brandon? I didn't. Okay. I went to junior. Okay. Played high school ball here uh, and uh, got recruited by like six very small schools. Millsaps. Yeah. St. Mary's of the Plains in Kansas. 
uh, yeah, that type of, and that's like, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving Florida, Fort Myers, Florida to go to an even smaller town and away from home. So I went to the junior college here. You got to remember this is 1972. Mm -hmm. We had the old Florida football league. You only had, you only had the NFL had what? 16 teams, 20 teams. You didn't have the world football league yet. You didn't have the USFL. The NFL wasn't 30 teams. So I played for a team out of Sarasota. I went to I went to school in the daytime, and my best buddy and I, we played for this team out of Sarasota that was sp- sponsored by a uh, a place called Pizza and Stein. This is incredible. You're a semi semi twenty years. He, he paid us fifty. He paid us fifty bucks a game, and he owned two restaurants. And we could, if we walked in, we could have pizza, all the pizza and beer we wanted. Well, we're twenty. You know, we're like 19, 20 years old. This was the greatest deal in the world. The guy ended up in federal prison, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's and a podcast said, itself. Ted, Honestly, the guy loved the Vi- the guy loved the Vikings in our uniform. We had the Minnesota Viking uniforms. Oh, so there were there were there were uh, CFL scouts at our games. This is the book I want to write, man. Yeah, I, this, I, you got another I, idea, Ted. <laughs> What's that cluck guy gonna write next? <laughs> yeah, Ted, yeah, the, so we can spell another the, the 73 the 73 season we get done like it's probably november the end of november i think and my we're coming off the field and this guy comes running up my buddy was our my best buddy i was the best man at his wedding he was our center and place kicker and okay he was, he was from uh, mississauga ontario he was from okay. Can, he was of all things from canada but grew up in in punta gorda florida mm-hmm. and uh the guy goes, hey, I'm with the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, we're going to have a U.S. tryout in uh, in Tampa in nineteen in January of '74. And I, you guys, I want you guys to be there. I want you. You guys are invited. And he gave us some contact information. We ended up going. And no, we didn't either. You may remember these names. Theismann was the Toronto quarterback. They yeah. were looking for a backup. Of sure. course, they knew Theismann was going to be leaving too. Theismann was going to be coming to the back here play for the Redskins. The Dolphins drafted him, but he was going to go to Washington. But anyway, the kicker Toronto had the Argonauts put a boatload of money. They got Leon McQuay, if you remember that name. At any of uh-huh. these names, these these were big. They Ron Michalowicz. They had Jim yeah. Still Jim Stillwagon from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Their their kicker was a guy named Zenon Andrew Seishan, who kicked oh, at yeah. UCLA. Yep. So my buddy and I were driving. It was old campus, and before they closed the, it was it was the sombrero, and we're going up there, and we're going. We don't have a snowball's chance in hell, but it'll be a good experience, and it was. It was. I gotta I gotta brag on my old man here. So he played uh, back to the Wisconsin connection. He played at Stout State University. Okay. In the late sixties, early seventies, and then he played uh, semi pro with a team called the Madison Mustangs back in the early seventies. And Pops, what was the World Football League team? You, he had a tryout similar in Florida okay. with the Jacksonville Sharks or something. Sharks, yes, yeah. the Sharks, yeah. 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 So had the, had the tryout experience that you had, Brandon. And we, The team I played for was the Sarasota Fighting Sailors. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, we just played because a lot of what you've talked about in your books, Ted, Mm-hmm. Uh, about and and shared with the guys in the league when you have written some stuff about football, it was the love of the game. It really was. It was you know we didn't make shit. You know, and I'm driving up two lane forty one. There was no I seventy five. From yep. here to Sarasota back in those days took about two and a half hours, not not uh, less than ninety minutes. But you know we just loved it. And uh, 
love, man. Labor of love. Yeah. I'd, I'd get out of school and I'd meet my buddy in Punta Gorda and I had a Volkswagen and we drove up to Sarasota for practice or, you know, meet up there. And then we go to our games. Teams were in Orlando. He had teams in Orlando, Lakeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacksonville did have a team. I think um, Miami didn't because they had the Dolphins. It was like mm-hmm. an eight-team league. And That's was, a lot of driving, though. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the guy <laughs> – the guy ended up in federal prison because he also owned a couple of used car lots and he failed uh-huh. to file his taxes for like three years. That'll, That'll do get- it. That'll do <laughs> it. Yeah. That'll and do we it. always suspected he was mob connected, but we never really wanted to know. Yeah. You want that free pizza and beer, man. Now, he loved football. He, and that's the thing. The guy, lo- the guy was as crazy as we were. He was probably yeah. in his thirties. Mm-hmm. We don't know how he got his money, you know, and he loved sure. football and he loved being like around all of us guys. Cause we all played, somewhere here in the state of florida in high school and and we did have guys that had played college football and were still chasing the dream absolutely absolutely man what a what a great story i'm glad we yeah. got into that man That's yeah so fun all right <laughs> you never know last last question i'll, I'll okay. let you guys go and 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 ted and ted pops thanks for being on this with us too as well yeah tell you, hey, tell you. pops pluck good job all right i love it, I love it. okay he's behaving himself oh he is yeah yeah he's a good audience this this he's probably this is gonna end and he's gonna go who the hell are those two guys he's gonna give and me some notes when this is over you know i'll have we'll have to review the tape he's gonna be <laughs> he's gonna be famous after this with the the wide distribution i have absolutely <laughs> absolutely john gruden Mike McCarthy, Andy Reid. I contend John Gruden, Mike McCarthy have seen their better days. You can't beat Andy Reid. Mm. Chime in, please. Go ahead, Ted. I think I think Gruden is building a really interesting team personnel-wise in Oakland and or Las Vegas, my bad. Um, so I, I think – He's just got some really interesting pieces to play with. Um, Henry Ruggs, to me, is like a modern-day Joey Galloway. Um, I love the running back they got from Bama last year. Uh, Yeah, Josh Jacobs. Oh, man, soldier. You know, tough kid. Yeah. He's been incredible for them. Um, They're just doing Max Crosby, the the pass rusher out of Eastern Michigan. Shout out to the the Eastern Michigan program. But uh, anyway, I think they're putting some interesting pieces together. The thing that gets you with Andy Reid is his creativity, right? right. Like right. you're you're seeing new things, new formations, new concepts every yep. season, and he's got um, Brandon. We talked about the the three or four or five guys at any given time in the league. He's got one of the special ones Absolutely. who can really spin it down the field. Yep. yep. Um, no situation is too big. I think he's got the makeup. You know, we talked about that pro makeup. Yes. Um, there, there's an aspect of Patrick Mahomes where he just, he just doesn't he doesn't care in a good way. Like, right. you know, right. the kid makes a bad play, he's forgotten about it 10 seconds later. Right. Right. And I think the combination of Mahomes and Reed could make them a tough out yes. for a decade. Yes, um, absolutely. Which I, might be I, the hardest thing that Gruden has to deal with because he doesn't have a quarterback yet. Right, exactly right. Yes. Well, what about McCarthy, Ted? Why does he have a job? He kind of um, died on the vine at Green Bay. Man, the NFL. This, this. I'll be interested to hear you on this, Brandon. Yeah. Like the the coaching, the coach recycling that happens in the league. Um, you know, I think I think it was a function of that. Um, I think he is a safe choice. I think Jerry, the the Jerry Jones kind of hiring history has been a 
you know, it's been an increasingly kind of safe experience. You know, you had, um, obviously you had Jimmy Johnson and then you had Barry Switzer and then you had Bill Parcells, who was a strong personality, but the last few have been very, yeah. uh, malleable people. Yep. And, you know, I think this kind of fits there now, whether or not it'll be good, it's hard to say. I love their offensive line. I do love Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, Leighton Vander Esch was a great pick. They've hit on a lot of guys. Yes. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence. So they've, they've got studs there. Um, but what McCarthy brings will be interesting to see. I agree. I, I think uh, I think if I ranked those three, it would be Andy Reid, Gruden, and then McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reid, for the reasons you said, Ted, plus his track record is – it's fantastic. He's a, he's been, there wouldn't be a Brett. First of all, two of the guys that are in that group, there wouldn't be a Brett Favre. There wouldn't have been a Brett Favre if it hadn't been for Gruden and Reed and then throw, throw Steve Mariucci into that, 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 that trio of guys. Yeah. Holmgren couldn't, Holmgren had a, he, Holmgren wanted to sit on Brett. Those three guys made it fun for Brett and let Brett be Brett away from Holmgren, you know? Yeah. And Reed has a way of doing that with his players. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I was so glad he finally won a Super Bowl because he was, you yeah. know, he, he, that was the knock on him. Yeah. Uh, Gruden, Gruden does have a Super Bowl, but he really won it with Dungy's team. Yeah. Uh, beating his old team. <laughs> yeah. So and I like John Gruden, and, but yeah. you're right. I think he's got to get a quarterback to finish that deal in Las Vegas. It's really yeah. hard to say Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Um, McCarthy being a Packer guy, I'm a shareholder. I, I get my stock certificate down, but I don't want to. I love it. it. Family tradition going back to going back to my uh, uh, great uncle. He was one of Uh, he bought the first that when they first made the offering in like 1926 or whatever it was. Yeah, they've only offered the stocks like five times. Anyway, McCarthy, I think you're right, Ted. He's a guy that they've got a lot of pieces in place there. Mm -hmm. Uh, He won. He won a Super Bowl. I mean, and. You know, uh, the Packers had a really solid team, and McCarthy knew how to how to coach it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prescott, Prescott's, I think, going to be he's going to be the reason they either win it or don't win it. Uh, I've never thought that you could coach accuracy. I always thought yep. it was something you had. Yep. Yep. Um, and and that's one of his deals. Um, yeah. Everything else, because that. Re- he also has that one play a game where you're going, what the hell was he thinking? You know, and he's yeah. been in the league. Yeah. He was great at, you know, with my, he was great at Mississippi state, mm-hmm. uh, Alabama, Alabama, get touching on Bama real quick. Cause you mentioned rugs and Jacobs, my wife and I, if our son had never gone to Alabama, we'd have never had that experience for five years. Um, it's one of the greatest football experiences you could ever have in your lifetime. And, and we, we said, <laughs> we tell him you gave it to us. Yeah, getting to see all those guys play at the collegiate level and now see them in the pros, we I just don't see Henry Ruggs being a miss. Yeah, um, maybe that'll make Derek Carr better too. It might. It might. I mean, we've all seen we've all seen that where, you know, I mean, like Mahomes is the kind of guy that I think makes receivers better. Absolutely. Sometimes quarterbacks need to have those great receivers. That's right. Um, it's going to be interesting. Absolutely. Those are three interesting coaches with three interesting backgrounds, and uh, it's what makes football great. Oh, uh, amen. Speaking and I like all three guys. Yeah, I do too. I do too. 
Speaking of interesting boys, I'm on the clock right now in the OFL. So, oh, I know. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, it's true. Gonna, yeah. I meant to say something when All I right. came on. I was going to say, hey, I'm going to let you know. Yeah, you don't hold, don't pull a Bill Schneider and go missing for like five hours. <laughs> no, Shout I don't. out to Bill, man. Shout out to Bill going missing. No, oh, I don't, uh, don't want to get anybody on, on the bad side here. Guys, I knew this would be fun, but it far exceeded even my expectations. You guys are so much fun to talk football with. And Thank you, Chris. Th- thanks for yeah. spending a, a little over an hour with me tonight. And, uh, Good luck in the drafts. Brandon, thanks for those drafts. They sure help in these tough times, brother. I'm glad Ted you're running these really, leagues. God bless you, man. Thanks. Ted God bless you. Hey, thanks for having us. We oh. got to do it again. We will. Got we got to do it again. This is fun. You guys have a good yeah. night. God you bless too, you. Chris. Take care. We'll Ted, talk to you soon. Care. Bye-bye. Yep. Take care, Pops. <laughs> thanks, Pops. <laughs> Take yep. care. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye-bye.